0: Life audio. While yesterday's psalm was one that is sometimes called the saddest psalm in all of the entirety of the psalms, I think today is one that points towards hope. And we're going to be talking today about the covenant and the faithfulness of God. And those are two things that point us to this direction of hope, even in those moments that we may be feeling hopeless. So I pray that this episode is a blessing for you. Stay tuned. Hey friends, welcome to the Hearing Jesus podcast. Do you sometimes doubt if you're truly hearing God's voice or if it's really your own? And how do you know the difference? Do you ever struggle to feel confident in your relationship with God and what he says in his word? Do you sometimes feel stagnant or like maybe you hit a wall in your spiritual life? Hey, I'm your host, Rachel Grohl, If you're ready to grow in your faith and to step confidently into the calling God has for you, then join me as we dig deep into God's Word so that you can learn to live out your faith in your everyday life. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Hearing Jesus Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Grohl, and today we are continuing our Psalms 89 devotional reading as we read through the Psalms. And if you were just joining us, I have given this explanation a couple different times, but I want to just make sure that you know that we have extra resources to help you process all the information we're learning in this Psalm series. We have a guided journal that includes Psalms 1 through 50. So if you are with us in the current series. Psalm 89 is where we're at today. This doesn't apply to you, but if you're starting back or you want to go back to the beginning, we have the guided journal that has a link to all of the audio devotionals. And then there's space for journaling, a journaling prompt question and a key verse. And I find that journaling helps me get the information from my head and into my heart. If you want to be going along with the current series, every Monday we send out a journaling prompt that goes along with each of these episodes. And again, that's free. And then once we hit Psalm 100, that second set of Psalm 51 through 100 will be available at SheHears.org as well. So again, just some extra resources to help you process the information. I want to make sure that we are not just learning about God's word, but we are allowing it to change us, change our hearts, our minds, our behavior. And I think journaling is a really easy way to kind of help make that connection. So I hope that's a blessing for you. I'm going to be starting at verse one of Psalm 89. I will sing of the Lord's great love forever. With my mouth, I will make your faithfulness known through all generations. I will declare that your love stands firm forever, that you establish your faithfulness in heaven itself. You said, I have made a covenant with my chosen one. I have sworn to David, my servant. I will establish your line forever and make your throne firm through all generations. The heavens praise your wonders, O Lord, your faithfulness too in the assembly of the holy ones. For who in the skies above can compare with the Lord? Who is like the Lord among the heavenly beings? In the council of the holy ones, God is greatly feared. He is more awesome than all who surround him. O Lord God Almighty, who is like you? You are mighty, O Lord, and your faithfulness surrounds you. You rule over the surging sea, when its waves mount up you still them. You crushed Rahab like one of slain of the slain, with your strong arm you scattered your enemies. The heavens are yours and yours also the earth. You founded the world and all that is in it. You created the north and the south. Tabor and Hermon sing for joy at your name. Your arm is endued with power. Your hand is strong. Your right hand exalted. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of your throne. Love and faithfulness go before you. Blessed are those who have learned to acclaim you, who walk in the light of your presence, O Lord. They rejoice in your name all day long. They exult in your righteousness, for you are their glory and strength. And by your favor you exalt our horn. "'Indeed, our shield belongs to the Lord, our King to the Holy One of Israel. "'Once you spoke in a vision to your faithful people, you said, "'I have bestowed strength on a warrior. "'I have exalted a young man from among the people. "'I have found David my servant. "'With my sacred oil I have anointed him. "'My hand will sustain him. "'Surely my arm will strengthen him. "'No enemy will subject him to tribute. "'No wicked man will oppress him.' I will crush his foes before him and strike down his adversaries. My faithful love will be with him, and through my name his horn will be exalted. I will set his hand over the sea, his right hand over the rivers. He will call out to me, You are my Father, my God, my Rock, my Savior. I will also appoint him my firstborn, the most exalted of the kings of the earth. I will maintain my love to him forever, and my covenant with him will never fail. I will establish his line forever, his throne as long as the heavens endure. If his sons forsake my law and do not follow my statutes, if they violate my decrees and fail to keep my commands, I will punish their sin with a rod, their iniquity with flogging. But I will not take my love from him, nor will I ever betray my faithfulness. I will not violate my covenant or alter what my lips have uttered. Once for all, I have sworn by my holiness, and I will not lie to David." "'that his line will continue forever "'and his throne endure before me like the sun. "'It will be established forever like the moon, "'the faithfulness witness in the sky.' But you have rejected, you have spurned, you have been very angry with your anointed one. You have renounced the covenant with your servant and have defiled his crown in the dust. You have broken through all his walls and reduced his strongholds to ruins. All who pass by have plundered him. He has become the scorn of his neighbors. You have exalted the right hand of his foes. You have made all his enemies rejoice. You have turned back the edge of his sword and have not supported him in battle. You have put an end to his splendor and cast his throne to the ground you have cut short the days of his youth and have covered him with a mantle of shame how long o lord will you hide yourself forever how long will your wrath burn like fire remember how fleeting is my life for what futility you have created all men what man can live and not see death and save himself from the power of the grave O Lord, where is your former great love, which in your faithfulness you swore to David? Remember, Lord, how your servant has been mocked, how I bear in in my heart the taunts of all the nations, the taunts with which your enemies have mocked, O Lord, with which they have mocked every step of your anointed one. Praise be to the Lord forever. Amen and amen. This psalm has a completely different feel to it than the one that we read yesterday. And it is the final psalm in book three. We've been going through the psalms and there's a natural division that we see in the psalms. There's five books of the psalms and this is the last one of book three and we'll be starting on book four tomorrow. That's not to be confused with the three books of the psalms that I'm doing, the guided journaling books. I'm talking about the natural division, the way that the psalmists have divided these psalms up. This psalm is really talking about faithfulness, God's faithfulness. And it's a prayer that is relating to the destruction of Jerusalem and the end of King David's dynasty. And then also God's promise that David's royal line would continue forever. And at one point we see the author is questioning whether God has even just completely abandoned his pledge. And he prays that God would restore his people, that he would maintain David's kingdom, and he would remove his wrath from Israel. What the psalmist does not realize was that even though God had punished Israel and, you know, the sin that she, she is a way to metaphorically refer to Israel, the sins that she had committed needed punishment. So even though God had punished Israel, he would still fulfill the promise through Jesus. And Jesus, of course, we know was from the family line of David. And because of that, the that kingdom, that promise is fulfilled, that kingdom will never end. Let me read verse 4. It says, I will establish your line forever and make your throne firm through all generations. God's covenant promise to David was that his line... So by line I mean like family dynasty. So if you think about even just like what we are familiar with like the the royal family in England, the family line is who cont- continues to hold that that posture on the throne. So the family line, it's a similar thing that's what we're talking about in in like a family dynasty. God's covenant promise to David was that his line, his family line would forever reign. And in in the kingdom of Israel. And so it's obvious that God's promise did not involve all of the descendants of David. Um, And so when the kings in David's family line disobeyed God, God removed them and then allowed their kingdom, which we're talking about, you know, the kingdom was separated into the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom. And I want to get more into that, but I think we're going to stop here and take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll talk more about the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom. Stay tuned. And so Judah was defeated just as he gave the northern kingdom. So the northern kingdom became known as Israel and the southern kingdom was known as Judah. They both were handed over to their enemies and sent into captivity because the people continued to rebel against God. And so we've been talking about this. We've been talking about uh, the Babylonian captivity. We've been talking about God's hand of judgment upon Israel. Um, we've been talking about that for a couple you know, weeks now. Um, and so what the New Testament then describes later is understanding that this idea of covenant, this idea of the line of, of David, it even though it did not immediately happen with his descendants, you know, his, his direct line throughout the generations, Jesus himself was a descendant of David. And because of the kingship of Jesus, that promise is fulfilled and it will forever be fulfilled because Jesus of course is the King of Kings. So the new Testament describes that this verse is being fulfilled in the Lord Jesus. And this is, remember when we started the Psalms, we talked about how there are certain Psalms that are messianic. Well, this Psalm 89 is one of those messianic Psalms because this verse specifically is talking about this Lordship of Jesus and how this verse is fulfilled once Jesus comes on the scene. And so Jesus's disciple, Peter, if you remember, he says, from this man, meaning David, from this man's descendants, God has brought to Israel the Savior, Jesus, as he has promised. That's Acts thirteen twenty-three. And then the angel Gabriel revealed to Jesus' mother, Mary, that the Lord would give him, Jesus, the throne of the father, David, and that his kingdom will never end. That's in Luke chapter 1. And so I think it's so important that we recognize the hope that is in this as we are yes, we are facing the end of the dynasty, the end of the era of David's reign that can feel so hopeless, but it's pointing forward to the way that Jesus fulfills that word. And then we see, of course, the faithfulness of God. And you have to remember too, from the end of the Old Testament to the beginning of the New Testament, there was 400 years, 400 years of silence And yet what we're seeing is God fulfilling his promise through Jesus that he made to David. And think about all the time that went past. I don't know about you if that hits you the way it hits me, but we have to recognize that God's timing is not our timing. And even when he seems like he's silent, he still is in control. He still is working behind the scenes. Even if we don't understand, even if we are in this place of, you know, we live and die without having the answers, we cannot neglect the fact that God is faithful. That's who he is. Now, there is a natural element of doubt or insecurity or you know, asking God what the heck is going on when we are having these situations where God does not seem to be doing what we thought he was going to do or to be doing it in our timeline. And we can tell that because there's, there's a section where this psalm starts to have a different kind of tone. So the beginning part of the psalm is, of course, rehearsing the covenant and talking all about the covenant. But then it kind of almost goes to this place where the psalmist is rehearsing back to God, his unfulfilled promises to David, where he uses like starting in verse 38, he starts using like the, but you kind of tone. Um, And so he's talks about God rejecting the anointed one, which he's talking about David's dynasty. And he is talking about um, the devastation of the kingdom itself. And he's talking about the way that David's enemies have been exalted. And there's some serious offenses here from the limited perspective of the psalmist in that given space and time. We have to have a little bit of compassion, I think. Um, And and I think that also helps us to recognize that we're not alone in our way of thinking. We're not alone in having these tendencies to maybe blame God when we feel like he's not fulfilling the promises that he's made, either in our lives or through his word. And that's what we're seeing. I mean, this, this is the reality of the situation. The psalmist knows. Now, he doesn't know what's coming yet. He doesn't know about Jesus yet. He knows that there, of course, will be a coming Messiah. But this is way, 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 way before Jesus was even on the scene. And so from the psalmist's perspective, he's seeing a lot of what he thinks are broken promises. He thinks that there is an element of God not being faithful. Despite what we know, which is this is one of the ways that we can verify Jesus as the Messiah. We can look back to see that this was started long before Jesus himself was born. But my point is, is how many times have we done that where God's plan is so far out that because we don't see what we think we should see in the here and the now, then our tendency is instead of to just trust God, we instead blame God. I think that's a natural human emotion, but we have to look at the bigger picture. We have to look at This understanding that we know that God is faithful. And I don't know about you, but for me, like when I'm in those moments, I've done this enough times. I've had enough of these situations where I've seen God work and intervene in my own life where I can stay. And I say this all the time, but I can say to God, okay, God, I don't understand, but I trust you. And my prayer is that we would get to this place where we could say that to God, where we could recognize, I don't know exactly what's going on. I don't know what your timing is, but I trust you in this. And the reality is, is that's a really hard prayer to pray because like what happened with the psalmist, we might not have those answers this side of heaven. Those answers might come after our lifetime. But, but my hope is that instead of turning on God and saying, but you, or you know, we we're pointing the finger back at God, instead we would look at this and we would be reminded of how God is faithful even when we don't understand. And I think, again, this is one of those experiences that are so common to the human experience. We see it all the way back in the Old Testament of this idea of how do we, how do we live our lives when it feels like God is saying no, even to the things that he has promised us, right? And I don't know if you've, you've experienced this, but when you have experienced a personal promise from God, when you feel that God has told you something, Or you see a promise in God's word and you know, God is not a liar. You know, that God is faithful and true. And so if it seems like God is saying no to his own promises, how do we reconcile that? Well, I think this is how I think that when we face these things, we can think back to God's timeline of when this was written versus when it was fulfilled and the perspective of the people that were living at the time that were seeing, you know, this, this David dynasty falling apart and they're thinking, okay, God, you said, you said that God, that David was going to be on the throne forever. What the heck is going on? But yet what do we learn in God's timing? He fulfills that. We assumed it was going to be David's direct descendants right, you know, right. His ancestors right after him. We did not think that meant down the line. And so I love that because I think it changes our perspective in a way that helps us understand the nos. It helps us understand the waiting. It helps us understand those things that we don't have the human capacity to understand because we have a limited perspective. But what that also does is it teaches us that God is trustworthy. That he is faithful. And so even if you cannot, we've been talking about stepping stones in this book three. One of the things we've been talking about is the stepping stones of God's faithfulness in your life. If you don't have those moments, if you have, are maybe a newer believer or you're having a hard time recognizing the moments of God's faithfulness in your life, you can go to scripture and find the stepping stones. You can go to scripture and look and say, okay, I know that God was faithful in this situation so I can trust that he's going to be faithful in my situation even if I don't understand. So given that insight, I'm going to go ahead and reread, starting at verse 1. I will sing of the Lord's great love forever. With my mouth I will make your faithfulness known through all the generations. I will declare that your love stands firm forever, that you establish your faithfulness in heaven itself. You said, I have made a covenant with my chosen one. I have sworn to David, my servant. I will establish your line forever and make your throne firm through all generations. The heavens praise your wonders, O Lord. "'Your faithfulness, too, in the assembly of the Holy Ones. "'For who in the skies above can compare with the Lord? "'Who is like the Lord among the heavenly beings? "'In the council of the Holy Ones, God is greatly feared. "'He is more awesome than all who surround him. "'O Lord God Almighty, who is like you? "'You are mighty, O Lord, and your faithfulness surrounds you. "'You rule over the surging sea. "'When its waves mount up, you still them.' You crushed Rahab like one of the slain. With your strong arm, you scattered your enemies. The heavens are yours, and yours also the earth. You founded the world and all that is in it. You created the north and the south. Tabor and Hermon sing for joy at your name. Your arm is endued with power. Your hand is strong. Your right hand exalted. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of your throne. Love and faithfulness go before you. Blessed are those who have learned to acclaim you, who walk in the light of your presence, O Lord. They rejoice in your name all day long. They exalt in your righteousness. For you are their glory and strength, and by your favor you exalt our horn. Indeed, our shield belongs to the Lord, our King to the Holy One of Israel. "'Once you spoke in a vision to your faithful people, "'you said, I have bestowed strength on a warrior. "'I have exalted a young man from among the people. "'I have found David my servant with my sacred oil. "'I have anointed him. "'My hand will sustain him. "'Surely my arm will strengthen him. "'No enemy will subject him to tribute. "'No wicked man will oppress him. "'I will crush his foes before him "'and strike down his adversaries. "'My faithful love will be with him, "'and through my name his horn will be exalted.' I will set his hand over the sea, his right hand over the rivers. He will call out to me, You are my Father, my God, the rock, my Savior. I will also appoint him, my firstborn, the most exalted of the kings of the earth. I will maintain my love to him forever, and my covenant with him will never fail. I will establish his line forever, his throne as long as the heavens endure. If his sons forsake my law and do not follow my statutes, if they violate my decrees and fail to keep my commands, I will punish their sin with a rod, their iniquity with flogging. But I will not take my love from him, nor will I ever betray my faithfulness. I will not violate my covenant or alter what my lips have uttered. Once for all, I have sworn by my holiness and I will not lie to David." that his line will continue forever and his throne endure before me like the sun. It will be established forever like the moon, the faithful witness in the sky. For you have rejected, you have spurned, You have been angry with your anointed one. You have renounced the covenant with your servant and who defiled his crown in the dust. You have broken through all these walls and reduced the strongholds to ruins. All who pass by have plundered him. He has become the scorn of his neighbors. You have exalted the right hand of his foes. You have made all of his enemies rejoice. You have turned back the edge of his sword and have not supported him in battle. You have put an end to his splendor and cast his throne to the ground. You have cut short the days of of his youth, you have covered him in a mantle of shame. How long, O Lord, will you hide yourself forever? How long will your wrath burn like fire, remembering how fleeting is my life, for what futility you have created all men? What man can live and not see death or save himself from the power of the grave? O Lord, where is your former great love, which in your faithfulness you swore to David? Remember, Lord, how your servant has been mocked, how I bear in my heart the taunts of all the nations, the taunts with which your enemies have mocked, O Lord, with with which they have mocked every step of your anointed one. Praise be to the Lord forever. Amen and amen. God, in those moments where we are doubting your faithfulness to your promises, help us to remember Help us to remember that even throughout the history of Israel, when it felt like you were not being faithful, that you had a plan to rescue and redeem and restore. That your faithfulness, even when it didn't feel like it, was the undercurrent and the trajectory and the reason why you were even faithful enough to send your own son Jesus to fulfill this covenant that you made with David. God, help us remember that you are faithful. If we cannot see it, if we cannot feel it, if we don't understand it, it doesn't change it. God, I thank you for your faithfulness and the way that you show us in your word who you are. I pray that as you reveal your character and your nature, that it would become so real to us that we would not doubt you even when we don't understand. God, I thank you for the opportunity to be in your word today. And I pray for my friends today that they would hear your voice clearly. It's in your name we ask these things. Amen. You guys, I have something really exciting to share. We are just about at 1 million downloads. We are at less than a year and 11 months ready to hit that 1 million download mark, and I'm so excited. I want to do a giveaway. I'm calling it my A Million Thanks giveaway. If you go to my socials, either on Instagram or Facebook, you can get more information. I have a bundle of stuff that I'm giving away to you, and you basically to enter, all you have to do is make sure you're following me on social media, and you can tag a couple friends, and then make sure you leave a review at... Apple Podcast. I'm so thankful for this community and what God is doing in and through it, and I just pray that God would bless you as you continue to bless me. Hey, friend, do you feel like you need a little one on one? My goal for the She Hears ministry, the Hearing Jesus podcast, all the resources that we have is to really help you learn how to hear God's voice so that you can be confident in your relationship with Him. And if you're struggling to learn how to identify or even overcome the barriers that you have in your life to growth, I want to be able to walk through that with you. Did you know that I'm a Christian life coach? Maybe you're struggling with something and you need some objective biblical insight or opinions, or maybe you need to work through something that feels just a little bit too heavy to do on your own. I would love to walk through that with you and land on some practical ways to achieve that goal. And so I have some limited coaching opportunities. If you go to shehears.org, there's a section where you can schedule some one on one time with me. I have Mondays and Fridays open right now going into the new year. So I pray that if that is something that you need, that you've been praying, about, that it would be an opportunity for you to take advantage of some one-on-one time with me. And again, my heart is really to help you lean into whatever it is that God is calling you to do. I pray that that's a blessing for you. I want to take just a second to thank the team at Life Audio for their partnership with us on the podcast. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you'll find dozens of other faith-centered podcasts in their network. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and more.